I have spent time on stage with our next guest at events just like this one, and he is going to be a part of that Battleground Talkers tour as well, just not uh, uh, at the one in Cleveland. He's uh, also busy promoting his latest masterpiece in the Rational Bible series. Uh, the Rational Bible Deuteronomy is released on October 11th, so it's coming up very, very quickly. And, of course, you know the author would be none other than the brilliant Dennis Prager, who joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Dennis, my friend, good morning. Thank you so much. How are you, sir? God, it's worth it to just to hear your introduction. <laughs> well, it is, uh, it, is, it is with the deepest sincerity that I, that I say those words, Dennis. It's, uh, it, it's so good to talk to well, you. I really wish I was going to be able to you, share you're... a stage with you again. I know this is a... Our event happens to be on a Saturday, a Sabbath, so we're not able to have your presence at this one. But uh, at Battleground Talk, before we get into the the um, Rational Bible Deuteronomy, uh, that talker's tour is extremely important around this country, isn't it? Oh, that listen, we we do it uh, every other year for elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I cannot emphasize it strongly enough that people have to just overcome the very human urge to stay home rather than go out. I totally get it. I am like that myself. But uh, everyone who comes will be uplifted. And this is a time when people need terribly to be uplifted. There, This is the darkest time in American history since the Civil War. And we need each other. We need to show support. It, it, look, it, it's very clear. The more people that come, the bigger the statement that people know what's happening in the country and they know the significance of the upcoming elections. So my, my appeal to people is moral. <laughs> you have a moral obligation to go. You know, none of us are doing this for money. Uh, uh, you know, if I'm leaving L.A., you could leave your house. <laughs> very well said. You're going to be on the road in various cities yeah, and battleground exactly. states. Exactly. Right. All we're saying is drive from Parma to you know to the IX Center, or drive from Bay, or drive from Seoul into the. Yeah, that's very well said. We we can all do our part, and it is important to get yeah. together and rely upon one another to uh, carry the energy that's needed from uh, you know from the date uh, October 22nd to Election Day on November 8th. So it's extraordinarily important. As is Dennis yeah. Prager. Uh, your 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 latest. Uh, before we get into some of the specifics about um, the Rational Bible Deuteronomy, uh, you know, in the release that that you've got out for this, you know, you talk about and you talk about this on your program all the time. And I love the fact that you preach and teach the Rational Bible to people of all faiths, just not Jews, not just Christians, but in feed, indeed people of of no faith whatsoever. And in the release, you know, it it asks or you ask. Um, is the Bible still relevant? And if not, why do people dismiss it as such, as either irrelevant, irrational, immoral, or all of these things? Uh, is it irrational for, for people to believe that God does not exist and that this book is just a, is a book of fanciful stories that were made up for, for nefarious purposes? Well, there are so many answers to this. I, I, my biggest challenge is to condense it in, into a, f- a few paragraphs. Uh, on the issue of God, the uh, uh, my I can only speak for me. My route to faith is through reason. I I have uh, not gotten any appearances from God in my life. I say that with complete seriousness. There are people 
who do feel that they they have uh, in some way been contacted by God, and I, and I honor that. Uh, mine is reason. Uh, I, I'll go now to a, a different take that uh, is is meant sincerely, uh, and and again is not I don't think typical. If the anti-religious forces of the West produced fine human beings, wise human beings, kind human beings, uh, my faith would be challenged, because I believe that uh, God is necessary, that the Bible specifically is necessary for wisdom. The, uh, the most secular institutions in this country are the dumbest, literally the dumbest, the most foolish the most dangerous, the universities, they come up with horrible ideas. Uh, it was intellectuals who supported the greatest mass murderers in history, Mao and Stalin. It, it wasn't non-intellectuals. Uh, this is not new, therefore. So the secular left produces awful human beings, not liberals. Liberals are weak, but they're not awful. Some of them are very kind and sincere. Oh, by the way, some leftists are, are sincere as well, just, just for the record. Uh, sincerely evil people uh, is not an oxymoron. But they didn't. So, in other words, they didn't produce a decent world. I am affirmed daily in the, in the uh, incomparable significance of the Bible by the anti-Bible world's behavior and outlook. Finally... I, I have devoted all these years to writing a commentary on each of the first five books because, and this will sound odd to some religious people, but I can prove it. I just I don't think uh, I want to get into that, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to get into anything. The first five books of the Bible are the most important books of the Bible. Old Testament, certainly, and uh, Christians will determine what they think are the most significant. However, I think even for Christians, first of all, that's what Jesus lived, that's what Jesus preached, that's what Jesus read, that's what Jesus knew. Uh, this is the, these are the books that tell you about creation, the Garden of Eden, the Exodus, the Ten Commandments, love your neighbor, love God. It is all in the first five books known as the Torah. If people understand how relevant and powerful and brilliant those books are, uh, it will change their life. We are talking, if you didn't recognize the voice, I don't know how that could be, but if you didn't, Dennis Prager is our guest. Dennis's latest book in the Rational Bible series is Deuteronomy. Dennis, um, what's different about Deuteronomy compared to Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, uh, the other four books of the Torah? Right. Why is well, this one so much different? This will blow your mind as it did mine. Scholars, I'm not even sure they're religious, they just simply did a, a word search for what books the founders of America quoted the most, secular and or religious. And to my amazement, they determined that the single most frequently cited book, including Enlightenment books, was Deuteronomy. That was their guideline on how to produce a good society. So just letting people know, the founders thought it was the book most worth citing. It has the most laws in it, 240. Moses repeats the Ten Commandments, and his variations on God's Ten Commandments in Exodus are utterly fascinating. I 
I believe the Ten Commandments is the document that could save the, the world. If people simply lived by the Ten Commandments, the world would be a beautiful place. And I have devoted my life to spreading the, the brilliance of the Ten Commandments. I just gave uh, uh, two-part speeches on Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, because I conduct services uh, for the, this is the 15th year I'm doing so, just on Honor Your Father and Mother. My column this week is on the, the brilliance of the Ten Commandments, making it the fifth of the commandments. It is the only commandment between human beings in the first set of five. The first five are, the first four are about God, and the fifth, which is on the same tablet, is about man. In other words, honoring your parents is the conduit to honoring God. I, the, the brilliance of the Ten Commandments uh, is, c- convinces me that God is behind it. Dennis, um, when you talk about the first five books being the most important books of the Bible, too, um, that's tough for some Christians. Uh, simply because, you know, there's Old Testament, New Testament, and people who believe in Jesus as God and the, and the Son of God look back to some of the things in the earlier books of the Bible and say, well, this kind of corrects some of those things, that the New Testament corrects some of the Old Testament. Now, I, of course, am not speaking firsthand about this. I am a Christian Catholic, but I am not a biblical scholar, as are you, at all. But how do you explain to them um the the differences or the perceived contradictions from old to new testament and declare that the most important books are the first the first five books of the bible if there were no torah there would be no christianity because there would be no prophets the christian believes of course that jesus is prophesied in the old testament mm-hmm. everything the prophets believed comes from from those first five books. Original sin, one of the most important concepts, the Ten Commandments, the the bulwark of of moral law. This is all from these first five books. I'm not negating the significance of others. I'm just saying everything rests upon those five books. And and I I would, look, I've dialogued with major Christian figures often, I love it because I'm such a big fan of America's Christians. If Christianity fails, America is doomed. It's as simple as that. In fact, I look at Christianity as the vehicle for spreading the Torah to the world. The greatest Jewish philosopher who ever lived said that. It was Christians who brought the Torah to the world. And and, and, and that was was the book that, that... that Jesus lived when he said, I didn't come to change a jot or a tittle. What is he referring to? The, all the laws are in those five books. If people read the 4,000 reviews on Amazon, most are from Christians, and virtually everyone says, I am a Christian, Prager is a Jew, and he has strengthened my Christian faith. Just people should read the reviews. And, That's and remarkable. See. That's an almost that, that's an almost miracle. Uh, I mean, it's almost literally miraculous for a Christian to say that a Jew who doesn't believe in the exact same thing that I do has strengthened my faith in my in, in my own faith in Christianity. That's that's incredible. Well, Bob, I'm going to tell you something that may blow some of your listeners' minds, but I, I I stand by it and I'm proud of it. I believe that I have brought more people back to church than any living Christian. 
You know what, Dennis? That doesn't blow my mind. I, I, I can I can understand that. And and for some of the reasons you just described, I'm sure, in those thousands of reviews that you're talking about, because you do. You don't you don't you don't create a battle between Judaism and Christianity. You recognize the importance of one on the other and uh and, and if that doesn't if that doesn't especially when you talk about the, the you know the secularism that that I think has polluted our country and our society, maybe even worldwide. You know the lack of faith, whether it be you know as a Jew or as a Christian, the secularism, the damage that it has done. You underscore that's that. Right. You that's underscore exactly that as point. well as anybody ever has, in my view. Uh, and and yeah, that if that doesn't take you back to the to the church, I don't know what would. That's right. That's exactly right. And, and I, my wife was present, so I have a living witness when I spoke to. Uh, young Christians in uh, in the Czech Republic uh, two years ago, and uh, I it was a very moving evening, and a, and a young man about twenty five, twenty eight came over to me, and all the others heard this. Said, "I just want you to know, Ben Shapiro brought me to conservatism, and you brought me to God." Wow. And I have the chills as I recount this to you. And of course, he's speaking to me as a young Christian man. And 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 that I did this to to a young man in the Czech Republic, and by the way, my response was, "You have no idea how much you moved me." Just remind people that it was two Jews who did that. That is wonderful, and I can't even imagine how that must make you feel. it's part of the reason for my energy. Dennis, one of the reasons, that, or one of the things rather, that I love about listening to you on the show and and reading you uh, is how you're able to take the Old Testament, how you're able to take these thousands of year old words uh, and make them applicable today. You relate them to today in ways that a lot of people cannot do. Um, in this book, your most recent now, um, uh, the Rational Bible Deuteronomy. You talk about a commandment that says neither sex may wear the clothing of the other sex. Now, obviously, we're in this very strange trans movement of the day, and uh, people are being encouraged to experiment and dress and act and pretend to be whatever it is that they want to be. I didn't know that this language was in the Bible. Can you tell us what that means, uh, this this, this commandment? Well, talk about being contemporary uh, and relevant. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you, you can't get more relevant. The the Torah is adamant from the beginning of creation to the end of Deuteronomy. There are two sexes. God created the human being in two sexes. Male and female, he created them. That is in the Genesis story. It is the only distinction that is inherent to the human being. There, no other distinction is inherent. There are males and there are females. It doesn't say God created different races. It doesn't say God created different anything. Only the only difference that is inherent and immutable is sex. That there will be a handful of people who have gender dysphoria does not in any way negate what I just said. And that is why the only bulwark against this gigantic lunacy that men menstruate and men give birth is the religious community. And uh, I, I make this clear with with that sentence. That's right. It, it is a ban. You A man can't wear women's clothes. It's as simple as that. Drag queen story hour is forbidden by the Bible, just for the record. 
as it should be. I wish it was forbidden by by secular law as well. Um, you know, and, and no, it's I funny wish it when was you say forbidden by by mothers and teachers who take five year olds to see it, and, and who who rob these children of their sexual innocence. That's what's so astonishing. No, you're exactly right, and and the mother's part, of course, is. There is a movement, there is a pushback for parents to be able to have more say. Now, of course, I'm not talking about the ones that, as you point out, voluntarily take their kids to these quote-unquote shows, but but the parents who are alert, alert and the parents who are alarmed by what is being done are trying very, very hard to reclaim. And whether it's because of their faith and their belief in, in, in the Bible or in the words that we're speaking of, or whether it's just because they know it's highly inappropriate, to try to sexualize young children or to teach them about sexuality in any way, shape, or form. They're pushing back. Do you have faith that um, you know both science and religion will come together here and, and give parents the right to steer their kids away from this, this, this grooming lifestyle that they're, that they're forcing upon them? I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm totally honest with you. I... I... I'm asked a lot, totally understandably, do I have hope, do I have faith, am I optimistic? Uh, I am somewhat of an odd soul, I guess. I'm neither pessimistic nor optimistic in general in life. My question is not for me to me. I don't ask, do I have hope? Do I have faith? Do do I have optimism? I ask, what do I have to do? That, that, That is... That is the question that everybody, I think, should be preoccupied with. Did the guys who stormed Normandy Beach have faith that they, that they wouldn't get killed by Nazi machine guns? I don't know. I only know that they, they peed in their pants before they went on the beach. But they went on the beach. That's the point. I know that, that God wants me to bring these ideas. God wants you. God wants any of us who take this seriously to fight for the best ideas that were ever given to humanity. And if we don't fight, we have failed. You can go to church every week, but if you don't fight for what is taught at the church, uh, with all respect, you're a useless religious person. So if I heard your analogy correctly, you know, to the Normandy uh, uh, invasion, we don't know if we're going to win, but you cannot right. not, fight. You cannot not fight. You have to fight whether, whether, whether yes, you know the outcome right. otherwise, or not. Otherwise, otherwise, I don't understand what your faith means. What, what do you have faith in? That, that you don't have to do anything? God doesn't care what you do? Is that, is that the message that a person of faith actually takes seriously or, or promotes to others? Uh, uh, the, the models of, of people who have fought for their faith, died for their faith, are they useless models? Are the guys who stormed Normandy Beach, did they make useless sacrifice? I mean, everybody has to confront this. And, and I'm not asking you to go in front of a machine gun. I'm, a- I'm asking you to go to a school board meeting, or even better, take your kids out of school. Well, and people need to know, um, the outcome is almost the same as going in front of a machine gun. If you don't stand up and fight back here, I mean, we are talking about the death of our of our nation's soul and of our children's souls as well, if we do not fight for them. Um Dennis, last thing before you go, and you know the radio clock. I've already blown past it just because this is a, an important interview for me. Um, did you learn as much as you write, uh, have written the Rational Bible as you've taught? Have I learned as much as I've written? 
No. Have you learned as much as you've told? You write these to teach people, and you educate people of all faiths and no faith, etc. But you have to do the work, and you have to research. Do you learn more every time you read Deuteronomy oh or God. any of the books of the you, Torah? The Do you hardest, learn as much as you teach? <laughs> the hardest thing is for me to say, I, I've written, the commentary is over, I'm going to the next book. Because I know the next day I will learn something or have an insight that I forgot to put in. <laughs> it's, it's a truly... To write a commentary on the Bible may be the most frustrating work a person can engage in. So how many times have you picked up the phone and called the publisher or the editor and said, Hold on! <laughs> I'm not done! I got, I got more for that well, one. Well, <laughs> let me say this. It goes through an editorial process of five brilliant people, each a specialist in a different area of life, one in logic, one in writing, one in Bible one in typos, uh, it's, and, and, and I'm thrilled whenever they find an error, because it means that error didn't get through. This, this is very powerful stuff, and, and I, I really, I, I ask people to get it, the, uh, to give it as a gift. Uh, it, it, will, it will open their minds to the greatest works ever written, and the next one is Deuteronomy, called the Rational Bible, and I, I, Bob, it is, it, to speak to you about this is a great joy. Well, it's uh, it's uh, it's an honor for me and a pleasure. I, I have uh, the Amazon link on my webpage now, the Always Right Radio webpage. Is there another page you want to point people to as far as where they can order this book or pre-order this book? Yeah, Amazon is fine. A- anywhere that they get books is fine. The Prager Store, uh, uh, at, uh, they, they they can order through there. Okay. Uh, there there's, look, it, that that's not the issue. The issue is to order it. And give give one to your pastor or your priest, because uh, I always tell pastors and priests and rabbis, if you don't get 50 sermons out of this book, I'll buy it back. Wow. That's confidence, and I believe that. And by the way, people should know the regular price. I'm looking at the uh, Prager store right now. The regular price for the book is thirty nine ninety nine. The pre-order price is nineteen ninety nine. Save that money and pre-order it right now. Go to PragerStore.com. And by the way, and, uh, I just want to say on behalf of the publisher, the book is gorgeous. You know, I, 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 I have in my contract the quality of paper I have to approve. Wow. The design was gorgeous. The illustration in the front, it, it, I am proud of the job Regnery did. The co- the cover art is amazing. I would agree with you. And I'm seeing it only on a computer screen. I can't imagine what it looks like in person, but I will indeed have that soon. Dennis Prager, thank you. God bless you, my friend. And uh, I really appreciate you uh, coming on. God bless you. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.